0: Good morning. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Since David launched our series on wisdom based on the book of Proverbs in September, we've had some fantastic teaching, inspirational stuff, edifying stuff. And on that first study, David encouraged us to understand what wisdom is. And he said, wisdom is discipline, discernment and discretion. And then David told us how to take the six steps needed to receive wisdom. Fear God, ask God for it, be teachable, have good advisors, be generous and trust in God. And since then, Hugh and Mark and Mike Paul Robinson and Ant Spittler have in different ways built upon the excellent foundation of wisdom. But after David opened up the series in September, I remember going to speak to Hugh and saying to Hugh that um, on hearing that wisdom was to be the theme, a verse from Proverbs 4 came powerfully into my mind which I couldn't shake off and I haven't shook it off since and it's like a summary over the whole series on wisdom and that verse in the King James Version simply says, wisdom is the principal thing therefore get it. So my theme this morning is wisdom is the principal thing. So Get it? Yeah? I could sit down now, couldn't I? <laughs> it's not my purpose this morning to add more teaching and more practical advice. I want to share what I believe is the heart of God this morning for each of us. And that's a more powerful call than just to learn more, just to become wiser, cleverer, or better informed. It's the call to encourage us all to open our spiritual eyes this morning and see Jesus somehow personified in the teaching in Proverbs on the wisdom of God. It's not what you know. It's who you know. In the 1700s, a little bit before I was born... There was an Anglican, vicar, an Anglican bishop who was based in Gloucester, and his name was Henry Law. It's a poor name for a bishop, isn't it? You'll have to go and see Bishop Law, you know. But Henry Law wrote a book called The Gospel in Genesis. He wrote a second book called The Gospel in Exodus. And I'm pretty sure that if he'd lived long enough, he could have gone through every single book in the Old Testament, the Gospel in Ruth, the Gospel in Psalms, the Gospel in Isaiah, the Gospel in Jeremiah, because there's more references to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament than some currents in some of Tesco's eccles' cakes. <laughs> you better just delete Tesco from the, from the tape. And uh, Spurgeon said of Henry Law that law abounds in gospel. And I believe this morning the Old Testament abounds in gospel. And when we read this verse in Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. I want to say this morning, that particular saying abounds in gospel. It means far more than just learning it means more than becoming better advised. It, becomes, it means more than becoming cleverer. It's got a far deeper meaning. And Henry Law had the knack of taking any verse in the Old Testament. And his critics said, the trouble with Henry Law is you can take, give him any, any verse in the Old Testament and immediately he'll take you the quickest way to Christ. Isn't that a fantastic gift for a preacher? Give him a crusty old verse in the Psalms, he'll take you straight to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there are roots here to Jesus Christ in the teaching on wisdom in the book of Proverbs that are very strong and perhaps suggestive verses which give the wisdom that Solomon taught about a personality. But not just a personality but a supernatural personality. And so I I set my sat-nav to take me from... Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get it. I set the sat-nav to take me the quickest way to Jesus Christ. And I found that the quickest route was via creation. Because in Proverbs 3, verse 19... Proverbs says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By his knowledge the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Right? Proverbs 8 28. This is wisdom talking. I was there when God set the heavens in place. I was there when God marked out the horizon on the face of the deep. I was there when he established the clouds and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. I was there when God gave the boundaries to the sea. I was there when God marked out the foundations of the earth. I was constantly at his side, rejoicing in all that he'd made. That's more than just a principle. This is talking of a personality involved actively in the creation. And then the Satanav took me straight to Colossians 1, where it says, the Son of God is the image of God. And it said, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And through him, all things were created. Wow. The Proverbs speaking of Jesus figuratively, it's concealed there somehow in the teaching of wisdom. And how incredibly similar these two statements are. How powerful the thought that Jesus Christ, who walked the earth and soon will celebrate his birth, millions of years before, was actively involved in the creation of all that we see today. And then the sat-nav took me direct to Jesus Christ through several other verses. <clears throat> John's gospel in the beginning was the word. That's a mysterious expression. But whatever that word was, John said that became Flesh. And dwelt among us, referring to Jesus Christ. Now, what does the writer mean when he said the word became flesh? The literal rendering of the the Greek that's used there word literally means the collective thoughts and wisdom of God. So somehow, all the wisdom that makes God God somehow came together and became flesh. And in seeing Jesus Christ in the manger, performing miracles, healing the sick, crucified, dead, buried, and raised again from the the dead, we're seeing nothing less than the personified wisdom of God. Walking among us. There's other verses, I think I've given you enough, but I believe this morning that there is a strong prophetic picture from the teaching of wisdom in Proverbs to link it with the personality and the person of Jesus Christ. And so when the Holy Spirit says, Wisdom is the principal thing, get it, I believe He's saying to each one of us this morning, Jesus Christ is the principal thing. Get him. Get him. It's not what you know. (laughs) It's who you know. One of my uh, favourite birds is the very secretive bittern. As large as a heron, but given to skulking in the reeds. And if it thinks it's been seen, it will stretch its neck as high as it can. And it will sway, as the reeds sway in the wind. It will sway, thinking I can conceal myself. They won't see me. I was at fireings, had the binoculars focused on the straw-coloured reeds on the far bank, and four or five feet into the reeds, I dimly discerned the shape. And I peered at it. Strain my eyes looking at it, is it a shadow, (laughs) is it a pattern on the reeds, is it a bird? And as it came closer to the edge of the reed bed, it became clearer, and as the reeds parted and as the sun fell upon it, there it stood in its full glory. A gorgeous bitten. I had a similar experience reading about the wisdom of God in Proverbs. Is it a person? Is God talking about something more than just earthly wisdom? And the shape began to emerge. And as the Holy Spirit began to illuminate, I realised that Solomon is giving a picture. Of the Jesus Christ who will come and whose birth we celebrate at Christmas time. Wisdom is the principal thing. Jesus Christ is the principal thing. I think we've enough evidence. And I maybe don't need to remind you that one of the longest sermons on record probably lasted two hours. And it was Jesus talking to two disciples on an eight-mile walk. He'd been crucified. They were down in the dumps. They were sad. They were downcast. As they were walking along, chins on the floor, Jesus caught up with them. What's the matter? Oh, haven't you heard what's been going on? We had hopes, we had high hopes in this man called Jesus Christ. But they've crucified him and they've buried him and this is the third day since it all happened. That he smiled. It said, beginning the books of Moses and the prophets going through the Old Testament, he explained to them all things written in the Old Testament concerning him. I like to think <laughs> that uh, had Proverbs been available then that he would have said, can you, can you not see me? Can you not see me in this picture of wisdom? It's me. It's me. Jeremiah says wisdom is a thing that shouldn't be boasted in. And just to prove the point that it's not what you know, but who you know, God in Jeremiah says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, but let him boast in this, that his wisdom has brought him to the place that he knows me. Wisdom. Jesus Christ is the principal thing. Get him. Okay. I haven't looked at the clock. How much longer have I got? (laughs) It's so easy to concentrate on the principles of the Christian faith and miss the person. (laughs) It's possible, and I'm not criticising any Christian programme, but it's possible to do Alpha and come out of it with a lot of knowledge about prayer and healing and the Bible and why the Bible was written and know all the principles and come out of it having missed good things in having wisdom. But if wisdom makes you feel that there's a self-sufficiency and you don't need anything else, it's failed. But true wisdom, the Bible said, is a wisdom that makes you realise I need Jesus Christ. It was Henry Law who we mentioned who said this without Jesus Christ religion is a casket without its jewel (laughs) without Jesus Christ however religious people are their life is a casket with nothing in it you open it empty but when Jesus Christ comes in to a person's life there's a jewel, there's a life, there's a throbbing life force, the life of God throbbing through them. Why is Jesus necessary? There are things that wisdom can't do. There are occasions and situations when it doesn't matter how much wisdom you've got, it won't scratch where you itch. And the prime area is the need for forgiveness and salvation. Peter preaching just after the day of Pentecost, a man had been healed and Peter was criticised because whose name have you done this in? What authority did you have to do it? And Peter talking to the religious leaders says, you're asking uh, who healed this man? I'll tell you who healed him, the man called Jesus, who you crucified and killed, he healed him. And it's through faith in his name that this man has been healed. And you can see him today sound and dancing. And then Peter goes a stage further and he said, The man who healed him is the only name given under heaven by God whereby you must be saved. Can wisdom save you? No. That certainly narrows down the choice, doesn't it? If you, to put it at its bottom line, if you want to make safe passage from earth and enjoy eternity in the right place, wisdom won't do it. You need someone to take you there. I need to share something which is is quite personal. But A few weeks ago I received a text message from a good friend. And it said this. I know it's a random question. But if there's a heaven, do you think they'd let me in? in a million years' time, it will prove that that is the best question anybody could ever ask. I replied, I sincerely hope that you will be in heaven. The New Testament makes clear how to ensure that we spend eternity in the right place only the righteous can enter the bad news is there's no one righteous enough to get in except one man Jesus Christ the righteous he lived a completely righteous, blameless life but this is the mind-blowing grace of God That God is willing to take the righteousness of Jesus Christ and impute it to us. So He doesn't see our filthy rags, He sees the righteousness of His Son. And we stand before God in the spotless righteousness of Jesus Christ. Prerequisites are that we repent. We turn our back on the past life. We express sorrow for the unrighteous things we've done. By God's help, we try henceforth to walk on the path of being a disciple. We also need to accept that his death and resurrection has made it possible for God to forgive us and transfer the amazing righteousness of Christ to our account. There's no other religion that does this. (laughs) It's all part of the amazing grace of God who loves you dearly and wants the best for you in this life and in the next. The immediate response was one word. Wow! Wow! It's not what we know. It's who we know. This is why the heartbeat of God in that verse in Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing, get it. What he's really saying to us this morning is Jesus Christ is the principal thing. Get him. Get him. Get him. I'm going to leave it there, I've got four other points, but I just sense that um, in this season when we're looking at who to appoint as the leader of this nation, how sad to overlook the opportunity of deciding who to appoint as the leader and the saviour of our life. There may be someone here this morning who has got the principles, you've got the religion, you know how it all works, but in the acquiring of it you've missed the person of Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, follow the biblical injunction Jesus Christ is the principal thing. Get him. Thank you.